Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello everyone and welcome to show number 287 from Engage for Success. Um, As regular listeners will know, um, Engage for Success, the UK's leading not-for-profit movement, uh, which is all around shining a light on employee engagement, uh, the importance of it, what we can do about it, uh, how we can help to to build it and grow it. Um, And as a little bit of a a pre-sell for you, here's a date for your diaries. Um, We have our annual conference, um, taking place on Tuesday the 10th of September this year. Uh, it's always a great event and it's kind of gone from strength to strength each year. I think those who were there last year said it was definitely the best one they'd ever been to. Um, with great location, we're at the QE2 Conference Centre in Westminster in London um, and we will be announcing the full programme and tickets going on sale um, with some early bird discounts um, later on next month. So this is a little bit of a heads up for that but Put it in the diary, Tuesday, September the 10th, and um, uh, you, you can be sure of an excellent day. Um, but for today, uh, we're going to be talking about employee engagement in a very specific sector, which is the employ- uh, employment sector, education sector. Um, and to talk about that and talk about what um, the, some of the challenges and issues are, I'm very pleased to be joined by Justin Robbins. Uh, welcome to the show, Justin. Hi, Joan. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, it's a pleasure. So Justin is um, basically began, as I'm sure he'll tell us in a moment, um, came from a, comes from an internal communication and communication background. So he's very much a professional in that area. Um, but in recent years, he's got very uh, focused specifically, beginning to focus more specifically on the education sector and heads up um, the Engage for Success Thought and Action Group uh, around the um, education sector and we're going to be talking really um, about that as well during the course of the next half hour. Uh, so before we do that Justin, um, I think really we, we, we want to be talking about the whole issue of disengagement amongst teachers, um, what we could do about it. Again, you know, is, there, is it a big issue? Is there such a, is there, is there, uh, is there such a thing? Um, and what we could do about it and what specifically the work that the Thought and Action Group is is trying to lead on. Um, but before we do that, perhaps you could just give our listeners a little bit of a flavour about, about you and your background and how you got involved with this. Sure, Joe. Yes, so as you said, my background is in communication and helping organisations uh, to communicate. So that's ranging from not-for-profits, charities, to multinationals, really in terms of communication, communicating and engaging their employees. Um, and key stakeholders on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. So um, where, where my, I guess where my background into the education came from was um, along with uh, my business partner, Karen Dempster, we set up Fit to Communicate uh, to make a difference to education through communication. Because as, as parents of school-aged children, we were both experiencing um, school communication on a day-to-day basis. Um, mm-hmm. And we wanted to um, we wanted to help um, to make a difference to how uh, schools communicated in order to, as I said, to have a better outcome uh, for education. So um, our starting point really, I guess, was was our own experiences. But then we very quickly spoke to uh, a number of other parents, um, and we, uh, we 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 developed this, uh, this uh, pool of research, if you like, that from which. 
was what we what what became our school communication philosophy, which then we we um, we became our book, which was released in 2017 around school communication, particularly aimed at school leaders. Um, okay. And how, um, how they how how sort of communication can be really seen as a as more of a strategic tool from the top right the way through to the bottom, and obviously engagement is an absolutely fundamental part of um, of that whole process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so so Justin, perhaps we could just take a step back a little bit and, and just spell out what the what the challenges of that sector are, because obviously, you know, if we look at the press and we look at the media, there's some fairly scary headlines, there's some fairly negative headlines, I think, around what it is like to be a teacher and and about the sector in general. Um, Perhaps could you just paint a little bit of a picture about the wider context before we get more specifically into, um, you know, what we can actually try and do about it? Sure. And I think the, as you mentioned, there are a couple of headlines that we see regularly. So recruitment is one. And Mm -hmm. recruitment around the fact that the number of teachers that number of people that are joining the profession has not kept pace with the increasing pupil numbers. So the uh, the ratio of um, of pupil, I guess, of teachers to pupils um, has been has been declining um, for some time. And then at the other end of the spectrum, you've got um, the sort of the retention aspect, which again is very regularly in the media in terms mm-hmm. of the number of qualified teachers that are leaving the profession. Um, and uh, you know that 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 has been increasing recently, year on year. So you've got less people, less people joining. You've got more people um, leaving, and you've got increasing student numbers. So there is invariably a workload, uh, you know, a workload issue there that, that, that comes from it. Mm-hmm. However, I think you know that's you know that's the sort of scale of the problem that, that we read regularly. I think the other the other the other sort of side side of it very much is around. Um, the, I guess looking at the Engage for Success actually, enablers of engagement, it's also very much around um, what actually drives engagement in education. And it's no different to, um, to what drives engagement in any other, any other sector, any other industry, um, in terms of um, sort of understanding you know, what, what's the vision, um, having strong leadership, people feeling that they have a voice and being treated with integrity. And mm. when, those, when those factors aren't there, um, in education as in any, anywhere else, that's when, um, when, when sort of issues emerge, um, stress, you know, stressful issues come through. And you know, the, the, the stats that, you know, that I can give you in terms of you know, research that's been carried out with, with teachers by Leeds Beckett that found that um, 54% said that um, excessive workload uh, sort of and constant work scrutiny was a contributor of, of stress in the classroom. Um, mm-hmm. Research from the Education Support Partnership that says that uh, 67% of educational professionals describe themselves as stressed. So you know there is clearly, clearly, clearly a big, um, a big issue here. And you mm-hmm. know, we, as you said, we read about it regularly in the media. And um, you know, every every day, I think there's always something different. Sort of painting this really bleak picture of, um, of of the education sector. Yeah, so there is a there is a reality. This isn't just noisy headlines, then. No, really? not at all, and not at all. No, and and, and I think you know, the, 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 as I say, you, you don't have to look far for examples, but there are all sorts of 
of sound bites and things, you know, from uh, from sort of scenarios where where teachers aren't aren't allowed to have time off to attend funerals, for example, because it falls in term time, or uh, even sort of you know doing simple things like having time to go to the toilet between uh, between lessons. I mean, really sort of simple, basic things sometimes, but you know that you would probably laugh at and say, well, that can't be possible, but it's. It, you know, it, it's that it's sort of those really basic fundamental things that, in terms of, you know, it's treating people um, almost with integrity sometimes is it, it, sort of what it comes down to. Mm. You know, it's interesting you should say this because I was chatting to somebody only the other day actually after we arranged to do this show. Um, I was talking to somebody who's just come over from Australia and is actually teaching in um, a UK primary school, having been a teacher in an Australian primary school and they were saying they could not believe the extent of the um, regulation and the sort of process and the, the stress that that was putting on the on their colleagues in terms of the the amount of reporting and you know not just you know marking every single piece of work to the nth degree and reporting on everything and protocols here there and everywhere and they they, they just couldn't believe it it's a, you know, absolutely alien to what they've experienced in australia and i just wonder do you think i mean i know your your specialism is obviously in the uk and we're you know we're talking largely in the uk here but do you as you as you've gone about this work there's obviously something that interests you enormously um not just for the fact that you know you you've discovered it through through your own um experiences of your own family and and so on but you, is this is this a particular British issue, or um, you know, have we made it have we made it worse for ourselves? Hmm, it's, a, it's a good question, Joe. I think I mean there are certainly good examples that, that get cited regularly of, of countries that that, uh, that do it well. I mean Finland mm-hmm. being one of those, for example, mm-hmm. um, that get cited regularly in terms of where education works well. Um, I also think that there's and, and you know, as I said, these problems they're very real and they, they they exist every single day. But I also think that there's there's a real wave of of, of, me, of media um, coverage that is just constantly painting this negative picture. And I think it, is, it also comes comes back to the kind of if you keep saying things are bad, eventually that sort of self fulfilling prophecy becomes, and that yeah, cycle of negativity does become reality. Now I'm not. You know, don't get me wrong, I'm not in any way saying that things aren't challenging because I absolutely know that they are. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I, I think that, that, you know, I think as a country, we don't do ourselves any favour favours in terms of the sort of, you know, the way that we, um, that we cover some of these issues, you know, and we don't necessarily talk positively about, about education and the reasons why people go into teaching in the first place in terms mm-hmm. of wanting to make a difference, um, you know, wanting to help help young people, you know, be the best be the best version of themselves that they can be. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and there's, 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 there are so many good people in education, so many good messages that um, that can be shared. I, I think they sometimes, well, they do get very lost in this wave of um, sort of negativity that that seems to be very very loud and clear at the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe as part of this conversation, we can talk a little bit about some of those shining beacons of, of, of success where, you know, where you can see and have seen 
sometimes doing the right thing can make a make a real difference. Because it was, I was interested in what you were saying, but it's that really this sector is just like any business. You know, the four enablers of engagement, as defined by um, David McLeod and Lisa Clark in their original report, um, are equally as applicable. Um, I guess I guess it's fair to say that each school is kind of like its own. In, in that sense, each school is a little micro business, sometimes not quite so much, not even that micro, actually, in terms of numbers of staff, I guess. Absolutely. And, and I think that's also uh, part of the challenge has been the, the, just the, the amount of change that the education sector has gone through during the last sort of um, six, six, seven or seven years in terms of the restructuring around um, around academisation um, and the way that uh, schools now work now work together as part of or have come together rather as part of multi academy trusts um, and then are expected to work together. Um, yeah, there's been a huge amount of change in that respect, and they um, they do operate quite um, I guess like like businesses um, in their own right um, today, very very different to how they would have done um, previously. Um, and obviously, along with that, does come uh, different challenges um, mm. in terms, of, you know, in terms of operating the business. Because um, whereas in the past, I guess some of the um, some of the some of the flexibility that that they that you would, that a school would now have if it was an academy didn't exist in the past. So some of the decisions were taken forward. Whereas now it's um, it's a very different environment that um, that, that schools are operating within. And, and does that make it harder then? If you know, which is, does it make it harder for them if they're having to make those decisions, um, or does it give them autonomy, which you would imagine would perhaps people would feel is a good thing, or is it is it the fact that actually there are there's too many chiefs? You know, you've got heads, you've got leadership teams and heads in the schools, but they're also being pulled by the academy management, who are also, and then you've got the Department of education as well you've got everybody sort of having a view on how things should be done yeah again i think that that that, you know that's part of the challenge is is that um there is a there is a certain level of autonomy but then there is also still that level of accountability to um you know to the department for education to offset etc and that's you know it's a bit of a sort of a uh, I guess um, it, it, a paradox, really, isn't it? You know, in terms of being independent, but also at the same time having to having to um, to sort of align as well. So, I think it's it, part of the challenge is is very much that um, in a school environment, they there were probably a lot of things that they wouldn't have thought about in the past that they do now have to think about um, and haven't necessarily um, gone through. I guess a, a full sort of induction process to to, to be ready for that. Therefore, um, there are a lot of stresses over and over and above um, recruitment and retention that, that cause plenty of issues um, that obviously have a knock-on impact on engagement. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's one of those it's one of those tricky sort of chicken and egg situations, isn't it? Just to what extent you know what comes first and what fuels what fuels the other, and it's almost it does almost become a bit of a vicious circle if you're not careful and so what you're what you're trying to look to do is see how where are the where are there places where we can break that cycle mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and i think you know i mean like you you say actually is 
it's a chicken and egg. I mean, why I ask the question is, is teacher disengagement a symptom or a cause? And I think that, um, it, it, as I said earlier, it's part of that self-fulfilling prophecy. If you keep saying things are really negative, um, eventually people people do sort of get on the, on the negative side, and that's exa- that's very much what the um, you know the, the work that we're doing as part of Engage for Success is, is about. It's about trying mm. to break that cycle of negativity. Right, it's about trying to yeah. be very positive um, and looking for the positives um, in education, looking to change the narrative around education. Um, and as I said before, remind people why that why they should be proud to be teachers, why they went into teaching in the first place, and what a mm. fantastic job teachers do every every single day for our for our young people. Mm. Um, and you know, yes, probably one of the most important jobs we could be doing, and as a country, one of the most important things we should be investing in for all our futures, really. So um, it's certainly certainly an important topic, and I guess that leads quite nicely. Um, into, let's talk a little bit more about about what you're doing with Engage for Success and the Thought and Action Group, um, Justin, because obviously you, you initially got into this um, when you and your business partner, Karen, um, had issues and concerns and, and then talked to other parents about the communication or lack of or the standard of communication that you as parents were enjoying. Um, and so you kind of came from a communication start point but actually, your your thinking around the tag, as we've as we've discovered, is is a lot more to do with the broader issue of teacher engagement. So, tell us a little bit about um, about the thought action group, uh, what you're trying to do, how long it how long it's been going, that kind of thing, if you would. Sure. So we we started in 2016, and mm-hmm. the membership has evolved since it was set up in 2016. We've now got uh, a core group of 10 people which is mm-hmm. a mixture of people that are currently working in or supporting the education sector um, with a wide range of skills. Um, but we all have one common passion, and that, that one, that is, Joe, that we all want to stop teacher disengagement. Right. So um, where we started was we, we, we started off doing some um, research looking at the, the drivers around disengagement in education mm-hmm. and asking the questions, is it any different to anywhere else? Um, almost does it disprove the engagement success theory? But um, oh. the answer was absolutely no. It, it is essentially, it's those four enablers that I mentioned earlier that, that mm. are, or when they don't exist, those are very much the drivers around disengagement. Okay, um, how, did what, go, how, sorry, can I just how did you go, sorry, can I just interrupt? How did you go about doing that research across what sort of, um, was this primary schools, secondary schools, both um, across the country? How, how, what was the methodology of that? So we focused mostly on, I mean, we have mostly on, set on the secondary um, mm-hmm. sector. So that, that's been sort of the, the main focus because that, that's, that's where we believe the, um, the, the, I guess, the biggest challenges exist right. um, in the secondary sector. So that's where we focused our, our initial research. And it was very much around... Um, Death-based research and research that we did um, as part of speaking to schools um, and, mm-hmm. and getting, getting sort of behind the issues and understanding what the what the challenges were there. Right, right. So desk desk research and and talking to people and just kind of getting under the skin of it all, really. Yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. So so if you um, so that was your start point. You, you're sort of saying, well, actually, yes. There. I mean, there are obviously 
it's obviously got its own nuances as a sector, hasn't it? But it, but it nonetheless conforms to the four enablers model. Um, where did you then go from that? What do you do? What what happens next? So what we said was that we um, we we had we had the research and, and we could we could see um, we, we could see we could see the the issues and we, um, we it was very much around basically as I said changing the the sort of narrative we um, the, which is why we've intentionally actually said it's about stopping teacher disengagement with because it's about taking away that negative. Uh, that negative view. There's, there's so much negativity around education. We um, we didn't just want to, if you like, put out a report that says, um, here's why um, engagement in education is an issue, and just kind of repeat what what what's already there. Um, so what we did, what we what we've been working on actually, and um, uh, it's only very recently uh, sort of being finished, is a, is a manifesto that we. Um, that will be published as part of a Fast Futures publication about the future of education. And it's basically an eight-point manifesto that we, um, as a thought and action group, stand behind um, and now want other organisations to uh, to become part of this, uh, sort of taking it forward, um, standing with us to actually uh, give it, give it a, a very loud voice across the country um, to, uh, you know, to all the bodies that need to Need to need to hear it to have to the decision makers um, mm-hmm. to really start to make a difference. Um, okay. And that's our, I guess that's our next. Our that next sounds interesting. Really. So so let's 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 spend a little bit of time talking about that manifesto if we can then okay. then Justin. Um, so um, an eight point manifesto. Can you can you take us through those each of those sure. points? Yeah sure. So um, so the the eight points are number one is. We would like to see some kind of national charity that's set up to ensure that schools openly share ideas. And this is very much around the fact that, as, as you said, schools are little businesses at the moment. Um, and they, they quite often are in competition. But actually, the responsibility of a school, um, of a school, particularly schools within a community, should be to that community. And we would, mm-hmm. we would, we would like to see the competitive aspect almost taken away. And a very much a sort of an encouragement of sharing of ideas of best practice, um, of learning and working together, but in a very non-threatening way, which is obviously where this point is coming from. Right. But that um, requires some, that requires identifying some kind of charitable organisation who's prepared to take that on. Is that is that something you're looking for? Yeah, either that, yes, or, or, or actually creating something that would be the, a, a new charity that would be uh, sort of funded by... Um, by a, an organisation to start with. Oh, okay, okay, interesting, right? Um, the second point is around. I just mentioned it actually. Having some schools have some responsibility to their local community. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as, as as I mentioned earlier, Finland, for example, is one of the countries where education is often cited as being, um, uh, you know, very very uh, lead, lead, leading edge in that respect. Um, mm-hmm. And there's, there's, a, there's a real level of accountability there in terms of um, how they actually, well, they don't even call it accountability, they don't use the word, but they're responsible to their local community, to the parents of the students at the school. So what we're, what we're looking for is for something along those lines to be um, established in, in, the UK, in the UK as well. Right, so, so sort of some kind of commitment um, to which they are held accountable um, for delivering certain 
priorities that meet the priorities and the needs of that local community, whatever they might be. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. because they're, you know, as you, exactly that, communities are very different as well. Mm. So mm. it will differ from community to community. Okay, all right, Joe. Um, national principles of great teachers to be implemented. So this comes back to what I said about the, the sort of negativity. We'd like to see some kind of reasons to be proud uh, campaign uh, driven through particularly through the sort of mass media, that, that results in some um, principles that, 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 that can be shared around what great teachers look like, why, um, you know, why teachers make a difference. And, um, you know, again, just kind of changing the narrative around the negativity at the moment around, um, around that. Okay. Uh, next one, we'd like to see teachers trained in uh, how to communicate with parents. Um, okay. And this, this is very much, um, you know, I'm not saying that teachers don't communicate with parents or don't know how to communicate with parents, but it's taking a more holistic view. I think one of the um, one of the constant challenges for any school is that partnership with a parent. So we mm-hmm. would like to see some structured approach around that sort of engagement of parents in the whole process. Right. Um, yeah. The next one is a, a best practice teacher experience to be defined and implemented. So again rather than sort of somebody joining the school not quite knowing what they will experience, actually have um, you know, a level of best practice that's predefined and that goes all the way from when they start to when they end, when they, when mm-hmm. they leave. Um, we like to see head teachers rewarded based on what that measure looks like, actually based on, so rather than, um, uh, you know, so, so actually an accountability flight to the teams that they lead. Um, mm-hmm. We'd like to see an engagement measure introduced in every school uh, so it doesn't have to be a survey, but something that actually says um, this is the impact, this is the sort of how, how the school team feels around, um, around the place that they work. And then finally, some uh, positive psychology training to be offered to every teacher in the UK. So again, to help them build that resilience and um, that ability to actually stay positive even when um, there may be a wave of negativity, whatever that may be. Right, right. So just just going so that's 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 useful. That's so eight eight points. Thanks thanks Justin for outlining those. Just just going back to the one at the moment about head teachers. Um, sorry, not the what, the one you mentioned about head teachers to be measured using a, a standardised set of competencies and and behaviours. And obviously, if the schools are going to be accountable to their local community, then that ought to form part of that, I guess, as well, oughtn't it? And potentially even the level of engagement but if we if we just go back to the head teachers to be measured with competencies and behaviors how are they how are they do they not have that at the moment then justin or, or do, does it not cover these sorts of things that you're talking about yeah and what, what we're talking about is specifically around the, sort of the, the teacher experience so the um the, the, the sort of the day-to-day experience of of, the, of every teacher in a school Rather than so, so I guess it's the, it's measuring against the outcomes rather than um, somebody saying actually yeah you're 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 good at X or you know you have this particular competency. Right. Okay. Okay. So so that makes sense. So we've got our eight point manifesto which you've you've drawn up as a result of your your research yeah. and, um, and and thinking around this. So what are you going to do with that manifesto now? So as I said, we, we you know we're reaching out at the moment to various influential educational bodies um, to have conversations around it. 
Um, mm-hmm. we, we're, we're also looking um, at potentially having an event towards the end of this year, um, which is all part of this movement that we're trying to build um, uh, around stock teacher, stock teacher disengagement um, and potentially a sort of a, a toolkit based on the, on the manifesto that, that schools can pick up and, uh, and adopt as well. Okay. And, and what can our listeners um, do to support this? Because I guess, I mean, the reality is that almost an awful lot of us have had some experience with the education sector, whether as a, a practitioner or as a, a parent, as you, as you are. Um, what, what can the wider listeners face? So, yeah, I mean, as you say, every, nearly everybody knows a teacher, so um, reach out to them. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook, join our Facebook group or YouTube um, and just support us, really. Just share the messages, um, ask questions, get involved and um, just help to help to spread the message of positivity around, uh, around education because, as I said at the start, um, teachers do a fantastic job every single day and I think we, we should never lose sight of that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, um, follow you on Twitter and Facebook. Are, they, are you easy to find? Uh, stop teacher disengagement. If people look, look up that, they will find it. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. That sounds like a placard, doesn't it, really? That's marvellous. <laughs> okay. Okay. And um, fine. So we're very nearly at the end of our, our time, I'm afraid. So, um, Justin, it's been great to have you on board. Thank you. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, and uh, look up Stop Teacher Disengagement. Uh, get involved, share, follow, and um, watch what's happening. And, uh, you know, wish you luck with this during the course of the year. So thank you for listening. And, Justin, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.